So years ago, when I was in secondary school, uh, when we would finish school, um, I had, I don't know, about a half an hour to kill, maybe more. So I'd often just hang around and walk down with my friends down to the, to the square in Thurlis and wait for their buses to leave as, as they headed off. I'd, I'd time to kill. So we'd be hanging around town. And I remember uh, on one occasion, a friend of mine came out. You know the, the standard chocolate bars that are that size? That, that size. And then there are like the, the Willy Wonka-sized chocolate bars, the, the massive ones, right? And so he came out with one of those, like an absolutely ginormous, um, something like, I think it's a Caramello or something, which is really, really good. Uh, and he was offering it around to us. And I said, absolutely, sure, no problem. So I took some following day, same kind of thing. And then I said, where are you getting all this chocolate, by the way? And he said, oh, I'm stealing it from Tesco's. I said, oh. Oh. So I'm an accomplice to theft in some way, am I? I'm a beneficiary of, of this kind of theft. He said, ah, yeah, no, but it'll be fine, it'll be fine. What he didn't notice was, what he didn't know was, uh, every time he stole something, Tesco saw it. But they don't intervene every time a child steals a chocolate bar. But if it becomes an issue, they do. So lo and behold, anyway, the following week, uh, the school got a call, the guards arrived, and um, this fellow was given a warning, and the, the, our class was spoken to about theft and how it's not good. And, uh, but the interesting thing was, this, this, this misdemeanor, this sin, if you will, became public. So it wasn't just that something bad happened that he felt guilty for and had to confess or whatever, but, but this, this sin was now in the public sphere. Everyone in the school knew. Everyone in the school knew what had happened and what he did and, and everything. And this is the difference between, between guilt and shame. Uh, guilt, I can feel, I, I can know and realize and recognize I've done something wrong. Uh, and I bring this to the Lord, and, and I recognize that, that I was out of line, and I, I feel guilty for it. To be honest, even, even animals, even especially dogs, cats, no, cats have never felt guilt in their lives. Dogs, definitely. Um, uh, but like, the dogs can feel guilty for doing something wrong. If you give out to a dog, you see the head go down, tail between the legs, and uh, you know, they, look, they, they, look guilty, they look guilty, right? But shame is something else. Shame isn't so much that I know what I've done wrong. Shame is when you know that I've done wrong. Shame, a guilt is when I know I've done wrong. Guilt is when you know I've done wrong. So someone else knows, everyone knows that I've done wrong. So it's kind of a, it's, it's public. It's, it's, it's an immersive. So whatever it may have been like in, in, in your school years or in your university years or in your working career or whatever, there may have been some, some thing that happened that everyone became aware of, you know, uh, had trouble, struggles with alcohol, uh, marital infidelity, um, struggles with, with gambling, uh, whatever it may be. And that became known in the staff room or in the office or whatever. That's different to standard guilt. Guilt is, as I say, when I, I know I've done something wrong. Shame is when you walk into the room and the whole place knows you've, you've done something wrong. In our psalm today, it's, it's uh, Psalm 50 from King David. Have mercy on me, O God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. This season of Lent, and to be honest, our Catholic faith, even in general, is never there to make people feel guilty 
or feel ashamed. The goal of faith, the goal of Christ's mission and ministry and incarnation was never to make people feel guilty or feel ashamed. It was never to make them feel guilty in that we have all these standards we're supposed to live up to and we fall short of them and we feel bad for it, we feel guilty. <coughs> and it was definitely never to parade our sins in front of others so that we would feel shame. That's never God's point. It's never God's goal or aim. His goal is, is to be the, the, the antidote, the, the cure, the, the healing the remedy of guilt and shame. So whether our sins are, are just known to us, between us and the Lord, or whether our sins are, are, are known publicly, the Lord is the, is the antidote, the healing of guilt and shame. I was talking to someone recently and they were uh, describing to me how uh, the philosophical society in, in their university, uh, how it was commonplace for someone to be invited to give a talk and the students would be invited, obviously, and uh, quite, a, quite a public affair. And if a number of the crowd disagreed with what the speaker was saying, they just start chanting, shame, 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 shame. Imagine being an invited guest, like, to talk about, I don't know, well, if, you, if you're, if obviously, if you're a pro-life stance or if you have a pro-faith stance or whatever it may be. You can imagine, that's, that's pretty intimidating. To have, you know, relatively intelligent people uh, chanting at you in unison, shame, shame, shame. The church would never do that. We would never do that. But it's okay in university circles. We would never, you know, you'd, like it's, that's never, it would be never, ever, ever be our, our goal. Now, obviously, like, there have been situations in the past, especially in, in Irish Catholic life when, Par parishes, if you will, were smaller. People travelled a lot less. So people's world was their parish. And if anything happened, if there was a pregnancy outside of marriage, the whole place would know. I mean, everything was very, very public, and it did lead to an awful lot of shaming. It's, it, was, it was the nature of, 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 of village life, if you will. And that's something that any part that any of us have had in, in or, or any of our ancestors had in that, that's, that's not from God. It's not from God. Our God is a God of mercy and compassion who wants our healing. And in this season of Lent, we have an opportunity to, again, refocus, reorder our lives, our mind, to put God in the first place and to draw from him everything we need for our healing to remove from our lives that which is superfluous or that which isn't necessary in order to put him there. So it's a very positive experience. We become more and more aware of our own fragility, our own weakness, and then in that we bring the mercy of God. So no, no, nothing ends in, in darkness, nothing ends in condemnation, but it all ends in the hands of the Lord. Lord Jesus, in this season of Lent, renew our hearts, renew our minds, Grant us true recognition of the state of our hearts before you. Heal that which is wounded. Enlighten that which is darkened. Wash that which is sullied. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. Or wash me more and more from my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me.